Well, like like we already uh, uh, mentioned, this is a unique service. All the kids are in here, and uh, uh, so we wanted to do something uh, a little bit different, especially since uh, it's New Year's Eve. Can you believe it's already New Year's Eve? That's so wild to me that we're already that we're already finishing up this new year. Uh, but as we're entering into a new year and as we're closing out 2023, uh, we want to pray. Uh, we want to take time as a family to pray together. And um, so we're going to do that here in a second. Um, and, I, and we're going to be gathering, uh, I'll say like groups of 10, 10 or less. We'll do 10 or less. Uh, gathering together to talk about what we're thankful for and how we've seen the Lord uh, in 2023. Um, and in tandem with that, uh, praying for the next year, praying for 2024. Um, I was, I was kind of, um, just thinking about and meditating on kind of this time that we're going to have together in prayer and thinking about Thanksgiving and what that means. And, uh, uh, I wanted to read a little bit of scripture just to, uh, because, man, if we're not reading scripture on Sunday, what are we doing? Um, and so I wanted to, uh, uh, just as an encouragement as we kind of enter into this time, uh, this is Psalm 136. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's incredibly repetitive, uh, rightfully so, and it is beautiful. I'm just going to read a few verses. Um, Psalm 136, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. And there's 20, what is it, 26 verses of that? His steadfast love endures forever. His steadfast love endures forever. And as we kind of enter into this time of praying together as a family, as, as, as God's children, um, I would love for that to be our posture. Um, oftentimes when we pray and we have thanksgiving for stuff, we're like, you know, thank you, God, for all of these things, and that is so good for us to do, and we should do that. But when we read in Scripture, uh, when the psalmist and others like him are thankful, are expressing thanksgiving to God, it's not just a one moment thing that they're saying, thank you for that one thing. It's rooted in a, a forward thinking process. They're saying, God, you were faithful here because you were always faithful. God, you, and if you read, I, I would actually encourage you guys to read 130, Psalm 136 at some point today. It's really encouraging, but he goes through and he goes, the Lord who split the Red Sea for his steadfast love endures forever. When we are thankful, we go, Lord, thank you so much for what you have done, for you will always be faithful, for you will always come through, for you will always give good gifts and loving kindness to your children, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. So uh, I want uh, to take, well, just like 10, 12 minutes and gather together in groups of 10 or less, and we're just going to pray. And we're going to be thankful. And uh, wh however your groups gather together, it, it, it doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't, like, make it what you need to be as long as we are bringing thanksgiving to the Lord. And um, if you're someone, as I'm saying this, if you're like, oh, shoot, I hate praying in public. Oh, I hate. It's okay. Find someone who you know prays a long time and stick with them, and it'll be great. Uh, come into my group.
Um, and uh, I'll give you all like 10 or 12 minutes. And after we pray, uh, I'll, I'll come back here and close this out. And then we'll transition to, into the next thing. That sound good? Amazing. Let's pray together. So y'all gather into groups. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this community. Thank you so much for this family that you've allowed us to have. Um, Lord, for all these little voices. Oh, I'm so grateful. Lord, thank you for uh, 2023 and for the ways that you allowed us to see you to see your love, and Lord, all the ways that you gave us an opportunity to be that light and to be that love and to be your presence to other people. Lord, I pray for our global missions, for the ministries in this church, for our kids' ministry, for FSM, for our local partners, for our staff, for our deacons for this body as we go out into the world and continue to do what you have called us to do, to be your image bearers and to be your hands and feet, God. I'm so grateful that we have the privilege to have thankfulness and that that thankfulness is not rooted in hopefully that something amazing might happen, but that thankfulness is rooted in you and a God who is eternal and who is consistent. We love you, God. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for that, guys. That was nice. All those little voices. Man, I'm, family service is my absolute favorite. Um, okay. We're going to transition into uh, announcing our next sermon series that we're going to be kicking off next week, that Pastor Mark will be kicking off next week. Uh, guys, we're going to walk through Habakkuk. I, yeah, whoa, oh, guys, I'm so pumped. I can't wait. Habakkuk rocks. It's so good. And I love the tagline that they chose, uh, when God doesn't make sense. Boy, howdy, does Habakkuk cover that. That is so good. Uh, and I'm extra excited because I think, um, I think that's right. I think we had a, a women's study that walked through it last year. Uh, our student ministry walked through it the uh, last year as well. Uh, so we've got some, uh, essentially what I'm saying is that as we walk through it, if you guys have any questions, you should ask your 6th through 12th graders because they, they already understand it. So we're, we're no. Um, but I'm really excited, you guys, because this, this book is incredible. Uh, but I feel like the, the, the best way to start out any study is we have to watch a Bible project video. I feel like we have to watch a Bible project video. So we're going to have that video up here for you guys. And uh, yeah, enjoy as we kind of prepare for this uh, next sermon series. The book of the prophet Habakkuk. He lived during the final decades of Israel's southern kingdom, and it was a time of injustice and idolatry. He saw the rising threat of Babylon on the horizon, and that was not good news for anybody. But unlike the other prophets, Habakkuk does not accuse Israel. He doesn't even speak on God's behalf to the people. Rather, all of his words are addressed personally to God. And the book tells about Habakkuk's personal struggle, his journey of trying to believe that God is good when there is so much evil and tragedy in the world.
And so Habakkuk's words are actually poems of lament, and they're very similar to the laments that you find in the book of Psalms. The poet lodges a complaint and then draws God's attention to suffering or injustice in the world, demanding that God do something. And knowing about this lament form, it's actually the key to understanding the design and message of this short book. Chapters 1 and 2 are framed as a back-and-forth argument between Habakkuk and God, and the prophet lodges two complaints to which God offers two responses. His first complaint is that life in Israel has become horrible. The Torah is neglected, resulting in violence and injustice, and it's all being tolerated by Israel's corrupt leaders. And Habakkuk, he's crying out, asking God to do something, but nothing seems to change. But then all of a sudden, God responds. He says that he's very aware of the corruption of his own people, Israel, and that he's summoning the armies of Babylon to bring down his justice on Israel. And very similar to the message of Micah or Isaiah, God says he will use this terrifying empire to devour Israel because of their injustice and evil. But Habakkuk has a problem with this answer, and so he offers his second complaint. He says Babylon is even worse than Israel. They're more corrupt, they're more violent, they've deified their own military power, they treat humans like animals, gathering them up like fish in a net, he says. They devour nations and people groups in order to build their own empire. And so Habakkuk says, how can you, a holy, good God, use such corrupt nations as your instruments in history? He demands an explanation. In fact, he depicts himself as a watchman on the city walls waiting for God's response, which eventually comes. God tells Habakkuk to get out some tablets and chisel and write down what he sees and hears. It's a vision about an appointed time in the future, that even though it may seem slow in coming, it will eventually come. In fact, God says that the righteous person will live by their faith in this hope and vision. So what is this divine promise that Habakkuk is supposed to write down? It's that God will bring Babylon down. God says that the violence and oppression of the nations creates this never-ending cycle of revenge, and that God will use this cycle to bring about the rise and fall of nations. And the fact that God might for a time use a corrupt nation like Babylon does not mean that he endorses everything that they do. He holds all nations accountable to his justice, and so Babylon will fall along with any other nation that acts like them. God's promise is then elaborated by a series of five woes that describe the kinds of oppression and injustice that's perpetrated by nations like Babylon. The first two target unjust economic practices, like how wealthy people will charge ridiculous interest just to keep poor people in debt, and so they build their wealth through crooked means. The third woe is a critique of slave labor, treating humans like animals and threatening them with violence if they don't produce. The fourth woe targets the abuse of alcohol by irresponsible leaders. While people are suffering under their bad leadership, they're partying and wasting their money on sex and booze. And the last woe exposes the idolatry, the engine that drives such nations. They have made money and power and national security into their gods, offering these allegiance at all costs. And so people become slaves to their own national empire. Now, the practices described here aren't unique to Babylon, but that's part of the point. Given the human condition, most nations eventually become Babylon. And so this is how God's answer to Habakkuk in this book becomes God's answer to all later generations, to anyone who lives in a world ruled by other Babylons. 
But it leaves the question hanging. Is God going to let this cycle, the rise and fall of Babylon-like empires, go on forever? And that question is what chapter 3 is about. We're told that this is a prayer of Habakkuk, and it begins by Habakkuk pleading with God to act now in the present like he has in the past in bringing down corrupt nations. And what follows is a very ancient poem. It first describes a powerful, terrifying appearance of God. It's very similar to the opening poems of Micah and Nahum, and similar to the appearance of God at Mount Sinai in the book of Exodus. There's cloud and fire and earthquake. When the Creator shows up to confront human evil, everybody will be paying attention. Habakkuk then goes on to describe this future defeat of evil as a future exodus. So just like God came as a warrior and he split the sea in his battle against Pharaoh, Habakkuk says that God will once more bring his judgment down on the head of the evil house. So Pharaoh, like Babylon, has become here an archetype of violent human nations. But at the same time, we're told that when God confronts evil, he will save his people and his anointed one. It's a reference to the king from the line of David. And so in this poem, the Exodus story of the past has become an image of the future Exodus God will perform. He will once again defeat evil and bring down the pharaohs and the Babylons of this world. He'll bring justice to all people and rescue the oppressed and the innocent. And it's this hope that enables Habakkuk to conclude the book with hopeful praise. Even if the world's falling apart with food shortage or drought or war or whatever, he will choose trust and joy in the covenant promises of God. And so Habakkuk, by the end of this book, becomes a shining example of how the righteous live by faith. Habakkuk recognizes just how dark and chaotic the world and our lives can become, and he invites us into a journey of faith, of trusting that God loves this world more than we do, and that he will one day deal with its evil. And that's what the book of Habakkuk is all about. Come on. Guys, I'm so pumped. That's going to be so good. It's uh, Anytime that we get to go through uh, a passage in Scripture or a book in Scripture that isn't, I don't feel like isn't normally covered, like Habakkuk is one of the minor prophets. It's just three chapters, and usually kind of we'll, we'll skip by it to get to one of the bigger ones or whatever. When you dive into those, I don't know, those little texts that we, I don't know, might not teach as frequently in in Sunday school or maybe you didn't grow up hearing and you dive into it, you get to know God's character even more and even deeper and even more intimately. And we get to talk about things like injustice and we got to get to talk about things like God's response to it. Why does injustice happen? Habakkuk seeing not just, oh my gosh, Babylon is so terrible, but he is in Israel and he is saying, Israel is awful. And this language that is focused on Babylon that is also reciprocated towards Israel. And oh my gosh, it's just all of this stuff. I cannot wait for us to dive in. So I I hope you guys are able to join us next week. Uh, Pastor Mark is going to kick us off into the series, uh, and it's going to be a great time. Um, Thank you guys for joining us this morning. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pray real quick, and then uh, Brett and the band are going to close us in a song. So would y'all join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. 
Thank you for um, difficult passages. God, I'm really excited to dive into uh, Habakkuk, Lord, especially since whenever we dive into those hard topics and hard passages, it makes us look ourselves in the mirror and go, I don't know everything, but you do. I don't have everything figured out, but you do. I don't know time and space, but you do. Lord, I'm so grateful that we serve a God that has, has it all figured out and who looks at the world at the evil that we see, the evil that we despise, and we know that you despise it even more. Lord, thank you for today, for this time that we got to spend in prayer, for all of these beautiful little voices that got to join us, God. I'm so grateful that we got to gather together as a big family. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for never leaving us or forsaking us. And Lord, we look in hope to 2024. Lord, we love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you all stand with us as we respond this morning?